we'll be talking about soon, but that sacrifice and that love he gave to us should motivate us to change our lives to do more for him, to answer the call in our lives for him. And, and in answering that call, it shouldn't be out of duty as Christians to live for Christ. It should be out of love. He made such a great sacrifice for us, and it's important that we take that love he gave us and we give it back to him. And that should be the motivation in the way that we live. Now, I did tell the teenagers that they had each about 10 minutes to, to, to talk today so that, you know, I could finish on time today. But unfortunately, they went a little short today. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but today we're going to be talking about answering the call. Answer the call. That was actually the theme for camp. So I tried to, again, uh, theme our message for this evening around the same theme of camp to answer the call. When we look at our lives, when we become Christians, we have a call in all of our lives to live for Christ, to be committed for Christ as soldiers. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you so much for everything you've done in the lives of our teens, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the incredible week of camp, Lord. I pray that they would take what they've learned and let it change their lives forever. That this wouldn't just last a week or two weeks, but this would change their lives forever. That they would continue to grow closer to you, that they would grow closer to God, Lord. I pray that I would grow closer to you, Lord. I pray that you use this message today for your honor and your glory, Lord. I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let me share your word and not my own. Again, thank you for just being such a good God to us, Lord. Thank you for that sacrifice you made on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. A chaplain was ministering to a soldier in the hospital and said, you have lost an arm in a great cause. The soldier replied, I didn't lose it. I gave it. Jesus did not lose his life either. He willingly gave it for us so we could be reconciled to God. Jesus made the greatest sacrifice when he gave his life on the cross for me and you. And we have a responsibility. Once we are saved, we needed to answer the call. Once we are saved, we need to answer the call and give our lives as servants for Christ. Not out of duty, but out of love. He loved us so much that he laid down his life for us. And and we as Christians need to serve him with love because of what he did for us that were so undeserving for us. Jesus made such a great sacrifice for us. And it's important in our lives that we allow that sacrifice to change our lives, to motivate our lives, to do all we can for his honor and his glory. In Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. 
2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loveth a cheerful giver. And we're supposed to cheerfully give our life for Christ because of what he did for us. May I challenge you that we as believers need to answer the call and fully devote our lives to Christ. We're going to look at three points this evening. The Christian soldier, the Christian soldier, when they answer the call, must endure hardness. They must not get distracted by the world, and they must obey the general. They must obey the general. So our first point for this evening is the Christian soldier and hardship. The Christian soldier and hardship. As we look in this first verse, it says, in, in chapter 2, verse 3 of Second Timothy, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness. The definition of enduring hardness is to undergo, to undergo, to undergo hardship, to be afflicted, to endure afflictions. Kind of bringing it to life here of, of our lives is, it's temptations, it's chastening, it's illnesses, lost jobs broken relationships, and persecution for one's faith, and many more are all forms of hardships that we experience in the Christian life. There are many of us facing hardship today. There are many facing hardship right now. But the reality of the Christian life is this says, Thou therefore thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We must expect hardship. We must expect hardship in the Christian life. There is no we might experience hardship in the Christian life. The reality is we will experience hardship in the Christian life. It will come. When a soldier goes to war, he's not surprised when there's a battle. He knows he's going to war. He's prepared for battle, right? When a soldier enlists in the army, right? He, he's not surprised when he has to go to battle, is he? That's what he signed up for. That's the reality of his life. I have to fight a war. That's, that's why I'm a soldier. I have to do what I have to do. That is my job. That is my responsibility. And in the Christian life, you will endure hardness. And you need to be prepared for that hardness because that hardness in your life will come. It's inevitable. It will happen. Now we have to ask ourselves in our Christian life, are we preparing ourselves for that hardness, that, that difficulty that will come? Because we can't be prepared. We don't have to be unprepared for the hardness that's going to come in our life. We can be prepared. Just like a soldier. A soldier has his armor. He has his equipment. In order to make him effective for the battles that he's going to face, he needs his tools, right? In the Christian life, we have tools too. This is what we need to do in our lives. We know we are going to battle. Prepare for the battles ahead. We can take steps every day to be better prepared for the battles of this world. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. I'm going to read through these because, and I know we're all very familiar with these verses, but these verses are always an important reminder for our lives. The importance of of having our equipment as Christians to be prepared for the battles we face. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, and we're going to go down through 18. And it says, 
As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Oh, I'm just kidding. That's Galatians. Ephesians will help. (laughs) Here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I apologize. Um, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt with, girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We can be prepared for the battles ahead in the Christian life. We don't have to fight the battles alone. We don't have to be unsuccessful in the battles because we can be successful. We need God's strength. We need his help. But it's important in the Christian life. We know we're going to endure hardness. We know it's going to come. So prepare. So prepare. Put on the whole Armor of God. Not just part of it. But put on whole, the whole armor of God. We must endure hardship. Endurance definition. So what does endurance mean? It's the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. Especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. You know, I, the, a good illustration of this. And when I think of a, a prolonged endurance is, you know, when they used to have the trenches trench warfare on both sides. Again, they would go for weeks, months, just battling back and forth just for a couple feet of ground. That's the Christian life that, again, you're going you're gonna to experience this, this constant struggle. You're going to experience this difficulty, this fight that you'll face in the Christian life. And, and that is part of the Christian life. Will we always be fighting? No, thankfully. But we do experience struggles in the Christian life. We do Again, need the endurance of a soldier. A soldier fights for for hours upon hours. When you when you look at again military back then, it was completely different than what it is today. Honestly, because these these guys were using their hands and these and their arms with swords and shields. The endurance they had to, to, to have and the strength they had to have to, again, to endure is the same endurance that we have pictured here for the Christian life. It's hand-to-hand combat. We've got to stay strong. We've got to be ready. When troubles come our way, we choose how we will respond. The Bible says we can have a different perspective. We can have a different perspective on a painful or challenging situation because it is an opportunity for God to do something that we otherwise may not experience. God wants us to develop an attitude that helps us see the pain and struggles in our lives as an opportunity, as an opportunity for something extraordinary in our life. 
In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect will work, have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The trials that we face, the difficulties we face in our lives, God's using those in us to help grow us closer to Him. They're there for a reason. God's got a purpose in them. So yes, it might be difficult. To, yes, it might be challenging. But he has a perfect will. He has his perfect will in all those things. And he has us go through certain things in our lives for certain reasons. And we must endure. We must learn what he has for us to learn in our lives. We must endure hardship. We, must, we are to endure without fear. Opposition, opposition does not mean that we are doing things wrong. Often it is evident that we are doing things right. If we allow ourselves to be deterred from doing anything unless we have complete approval, it is certain that we will never accomplish anything of value. Rather than being discouraged by opposition, we should take comfort in God's faithfulness and keep doing what is right. That was a quote from Charles Simon uh, Hanley Carr, Glenn Mull, English Evangelical Anglican Cleric in the 1800s. That's the book it's from. And Second Timothy chapter uh, 4 verse 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And James chapter 5 11 it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. We have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. In James 1.12 it says, Blessed is man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11 again says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We will face hardness. We will face difficulty. And it's important in the Christian life that we endure. That we endure. The Christian life is full of temptations, hardships, and trials, but we are supposed to be enduring soldiers. As we face these hardships as Christians, it's so important that we are not distracted. That we are not distracted, which brings us to our second point, the Christian soldier and this world. The Christian soldier and this world. A soldier, when called to battle, must leave everything behind to go to battle. When he, when we become a Christian, we are to leave the things of this world behind. This is not saying that we are to live a life of seclusion from the world, but that we, but that we are to leave the desires of this world behind. Just again, as a soldier leaves again everything behind to go fight the battle in the Christian life, we're supposed to leave this world behind. Not not live a life of seclusion, but live a life that, again, that puts these the desires of the world behind them. We are to obey our general. John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. 
Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We are to reject sin and live for Christ in everything we do. The world is there to distract us from our call as Christians, to live devoted lives for him. We need to answer the call as Christians and put the world behind us and live devoted lives for Christ. We're not to get, again, we are not to get distracted. Uh, I have an illustration here. The final eruption of Mount St. Helens in May of 1980 was not a sudden event. For two months prior to the massive blast, the most deadly and destructive in American history, earthquakes and volcanic activity signaled a major event was underway. Authorities had plenty of time to sound the alarm and warn those living nearby of the looming danger. Yet, despite the seriousness of the threat, some people chose to disregard the warning. Probably the best known of those who refused to evacuate was Harry Randall Truman. The 83-year-old man was the owner and caretaker of the Mount St. Helens Lodge at Spirit Lake. He had survived the sinking of his troop ship by a German submarine off the coast of Ireland during World War I, and he was not about to leave just because scientists thought there was danger. Truman told reporters, I don't have any idea whether it will blow, but I don't believe it to the point that I'm going to pack now. On May 18, 1980, Truman and his lodge were buried beneath 150 feet of mud and debris from the volcanic eruption. His body was never found. I say this to say it is foolish to recognize danger or temptations and think that we will somehow be exempt from the consequences if we linger. If we believe scripture's warnings concerning temptations, we will surely flee. The only real protection that we have is the approach taken by Joseph when when he is tempted by Potiphar's wife and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. That is the approach we should take to temptations, the temptations and the sin of this world. We need to flee from it. We need to flee from it. We need to not look back. We need to run away. In Romans chapter 12, verse, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to the, this world, but be ye transformed by, re, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We are to answer the call and endure hardship. We are not to get distracted by this world. And lastly, we are to obey the general. And one more thing about the temptations of the world. And, and, and Johnny Pope said this very well. Is again, love has to be the motivation to help us live for Christ like we need to. When we do things out of duty or we have to, it's hard to do what's right, isn't it? You know, it's like when we come to church with the attitude, I got to go to church because it's the right thing to do is completely different than when we go to church and we come because we want to we want to learn more about our savior and we want to learn more about Christ and we want to grow closer to him and that's what we're supposed to do as soldiers we're supposed to want to serve God we're supposed to want to say no to the world because we have an incredible home up in heaven that's just around the corner it should it should motivate us to live our life because we love God And we love him because of the sacrifice he made for us that we're so undeserving of.
Which brings us to our last point, the Christian soldier and the general. We have the greatest general there is. We have a mission from the, from the general. So let's look at First Timothy, Second Timothy again, verse three and four, verse three and four. In the second parts of both these verses, it says, "A good soldier for Jesus Christ." That's our first mission. That we're supposed to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We're also in the in the second part. Also, is that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Um, first, the way to please God, who has chosen us to be soldiers, not to be caught up with the distractions of life, but to be free from the distractions that hinder us in our spiritual battles, right? We, we all experience distractions, right? All of us, every single day. You know, Johnny Pope gave this incredible illustration of he was trying to pray, and this guy at church was literally, because he commits to an hour of prayer every single day. That's his commitment. What a challenge to all of us. But this guy at his church followed him to his house. And his wife had to tell him, Johnny Pope has a meeting right now. He's like, what do you mean? His car's here. He's, he's not on any conference. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he said, no, he's got a meeting with his Savior. And it's important in our life that, that we take our meetings with our Savior seriously. That we put the distractions in our lives away that will keep us from our meetings with our Savior. We need to commit to our time with God. We need to commit to our time with our general. It is said that Napoleon once lost control of his horse in a private jump, a private, and a private jumping into the path of the horse took control of it. Napoleon then said, Thank you, Captain. With that one word, Napoleon promoted the soldier from the rank of private to captain, but it was because the soldier put his general first. Likewise, God promises to honor his servants. That was from Billy Sunday, the man in his message. That's the kind of attitude we are to have with Christ. That's the kind of sacrifice that we are to have with Christ, that we jump in front that we do what he tells us to do. That, that we serve him without thinking twice about it. We are to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We are to please him because he has chosen us to be a soldier. The great care of a soldier should be to please his general. So the great care of a Christian should be to please his Christ. Matthew Henry said that. We represent Not only do we have a mission from the general, but we also represent the general. We represent the general. When we are saved, we have been selected for the battles of life by the general. We are representing Christ in everything we do because we are holding his banner. How many of us have had, uh, have our parents told us, hey, when you come out of this house, you're not representing Daniel, you're representing Nick Iwanowitz. Or you're representing Debbie Iwanowitz, or the Iwanowitz family. Well, we have a, a greater father that we all represent every day we stand out. Because every time we step out into this world, we're representing our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for each and every one of us. So we need to commit to represent him well in everything we do. As the song says, onward Christian soldiers marching off to war with the cross of Jesus going on before 
Christ the warrior master leads against the foe forward into battle. See his banner go. See his banner go. We are not holding our own banner, but we are holding God's banner. And we need to represent that banner well in our lives. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as, uh, as to the Lord and not unto men. Our focus is to do all for Christ. Everything. Not for ourselves. Not for other men. And that should be our focus as Christians. We are also chosen by our general. We are also chosen by our general. Just as any soldier is selected for what battles they will face, our general selects for us the battles we will face. The reality is, the, the, the battles that we face, they are no surprise to God. God is in complete control at all times, and He knows the battles that we're going to face, and He knows the battle you are facing today, so you can fully trust in Him. He knows that battle. He's prepared you for that battle. But have you given him that battle? Have you fully trusted him with that battle? Or do you find yourself maybe leaning on yourself? Again, yes, our general knows what we are going through, and he he's always there for us. In Romans 8, 28 says, that, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Again, he's got a purpose in it. He's got a plan in it. Trust him. Trust him. The general is in absolute control, and we need to trust him. Again, in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust him. He will direct you. In Psalms 9, verse 10, it says, And, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. When we seek him, when we put our trust in him, he will get you through it. This was told to me a long time ago by someone I knew that if he put you to it, he'll put you through it. If he put you to it, he'll put you through it. And our last part of this point is we have a unique general. We have a unique general. Our general is not on the back of the lines watching and just directing. He's right next to us giving us strength. He's right next to us giving us strength. Generals at one point in history used to go to battles with their armies. That not only showed their confidence in their army, but also was a moral booster. When we think of generals today in the military today, oftentimes they're not on the lines with their troops now. We're in a digital age where a lot of that instruction is happening somewhere else. But I would like to say that our general has never left the front lines with us. And he never will. He's there for us to help us through the battles of life. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. In Philippians 4.13 it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We have an incredible general that loves us so much. So much so that general died for us. And again, like we said in the beginning, 
gave his life for us willingly. I'd like to end with this illustration. This is from Avery T. Willis Jr. Um, It's not necessarily an illustration, but it's a quote from him. He was a pastor, a missionary, and seminary president, and he said this about the Christian life, about how the Christian life is supposed to live, be lived. I put a section of it there, but it's a little long, so I'll, I'll read all of it for you. Um, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up. Slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed, my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living. Small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, precision, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right First, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on his presence. I walk by patience. I live by prayer and live and labor by his power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way rough. My companions few, my guide reliable, and my mission clear. I cannot be bought, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, of meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, And preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes. Give till I drop. Preach till all all know and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own. He will have no problem recognizing me. Let's answer the call as believers. And live committed lives for Christ. Again, not just out of duty, but out of love because of the sacrifice he made for us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you so much for that sacrifice you made on the cross for us that we're so undeserving of, Lord. I pray that we would take that sacrifice seriously in our lives, Lord. I pray that we would take that sacrifice in our lives, help it to change our lives. Help us to answer the call that you have given us to live committed lives for you in everything we do, Lord. Help us to give you the honor, you the glory in everything we do. Let's stand as our heads are bowed and as our eyes are closed and the music plays.